Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Good morning, Sports Talk fans. Saturday morning, time for a new episode of Weekend Sports Huddle. It's Tom Pollan sitting in the host chair again. We got like a slow week for a little while, but boy, things heated up yesterday and in the last couple of days, actually. We're going to cover it all. We have uh, going wall to wall again. Got a lot of business here. here. Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers, back playing table takes poker, both holding the same cards as they did last year, both making the same bets they did last year. And we're going to find out what's new with Pokies, uh, with uh, the situation, uh, with especially with Dave and uh, Hunter and big Steelers fans. We're going to get a good analysis of what's happening in Pittsburgh. Uh Back in the day, at least until about three or four years ago, nobody made trades in the NFL. The NFL, you know, it just things weren't just done there. Now they're beginning to look more like uh, Major League Baseball, and free agency doesn't begin until next week. So we're going to look at some of that. Uh, heading over to college basketball, an area we don't normally find as often. Pitt fired their head basketball coach, Kevin Stallings. A once proud uh, Pitt uh, basketball program has just gone into the tank the last two seasons, and we're going to look at what happened there. And we're going to conclude with uh, some news coming out of Cubs camp in Mesa. A couple of surprises, but by, a few surprises. But from all accounts, this is a team that that really knows that uh, they disappointed last year. It seemed determined to really. Uh, get back to where they were in 2016. So we'll look at that. Right now, I'm going to bring in my co-host in one corner, uh, about five foot ten, and from his pictures, looks like he weighs about 120 pounds. From <laughs> West Virginia, Hunter Hody. Hunter, how you doing? Oh my God! I think Tom got my state wrong again. Tom, you oh, got it I'm over six feet, Tommy. Oh, Tommy. Okay, then you're six feet and 120 pounds. There you go. That's a little bad. <laughs> oh, my God. Tom. Tom, Tom, Tom. I'm doing, I'm yeah. doing good this morning. 
<laughs> in the other corner, six foot tall, weighing 170 pounds, 160 when he's clean shed, the executive producer of Weekend Sports Huddle, Mr. Davidson. Dave, what's going on? Not too much, Tom. How are you doing? <laughs> Over six feet tall, Hunter. I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So am I. Don't look quite that tall in your pictures. Uh, but, you know, we'll, we'll take your word for it. Sir. All right. Well, 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 Tom, how tall are you, Tom? Five foot ten. Five foot ten? Oh, okay. There Five you go. That's not bad. Five foot ten. That, that's all the height I've ever needed. Um, let, hey. Let's just say I'm under, under tall for my weight. So... Uh, Right now, yeah, my, we should have had my weight. My ideal height would be about eight foot two. So eight foot two. <laughs> um, yeah, but but Tom, you have a lot of power, a lot of mass there, uh, and you did well in the strength categories at the combine. You got it. You got it. Just pushing those reps as far as the bench press, but uh, <laughs> but we ran about seven point. Eight uh, forty-yard dash, so that that kind of kills me. <laughs> um, <laughs> if anybody wants to get in on all this conversation, get in on the fun. Give us a call five one six three seven one four one seven. If you're just too shy to, to call in and uh, uh, face us on the phone, you can get us by Twitter WKD Sports Huddle. This show brought to you by Marco Sacchio, Learn the Secret of the Human Mind, and the Laws of the Universe that will guide you to wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. All right, guys. Uh, Love you, Bell and the Steelers. It's Groundhog Day. So, uh, Dave. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, oh, so do I. It's it's just outstanding. It's an incredible movie. But uh, Steelers increased their offer from last season. But uh, according to Jenny Fowler of ESPN, Bell won't play less than the for the franchise tag of fourteen point five million dollars. Uh, he said in January he would contemplate retirement if tagged the second year. However, the Steelers have tagged him. Now he's saying that he's going to hold out a training camp again. He will be there for game one, but uh, won't be attending training camp if the Steelers insist on keeping this uh, contract, uh, this uh, uh, franchise tag on him. So um, let's see. I'm going to toss this out to Hunter first. Hunter, what is your take on what's going on with Le'Veon Bell and the Steelers? Well, well, Tom, I'm glad I'm glad you asked uh, asked me. Um, so, so they they did franchise tag him. Everyone knows that um, to try to get a deal done by I believe the deadline is July sixteenth. Uh, um, ultimately, though, um, I do think uh, this the year is the year that they will get a deal done. I was hesitant last year, but I I've come up with a few reasons for everyone. Um, the first I think it's the biggest one. This is probably the last time that they will be able to sign him. There's um, the tag next year is a quarterback price. It's like around what Kirk Cousins money. It's paid. That's how much it is. It's pretty ridiculous. Um, 
And um, they won't even go near that. And they'll, you know, they'll let him walk. And um, I saw along, you know, they wanted, always wanted to sign him long-term and have his career end in Pittsburgh. And I looked at last year as a start in negotiations, and I think this is where it ends ultimately. Um, um, I just think, you know, they'll both come to a number that they'll both agree on. You know, we all know that he's always said, you know, I want to set the market. Um, now, for, for really a running back market that's just really um, – just flattened out, you know, um, I know uh, Dave uh, said that, you know, Devontae Freeman is the highest paid running back right now, well, contract-wise, at $8.25 million. I mean, I'm not going to fault Le'Veon Bell and say, you know, hey, um, I'm the best dad I do, I want to be compensated for it. But I do think his price needs to come down. Um, I think for the people that say, you know, let's cut him, let's let him walk, or let's sign him and trade him, uh, you're an idiot, you don't know what you're talking about. Um, that really makes me question their football takes. Um, you know, if you did that, you're not getting anything in return. Were you going to get a third-round pick for him? Uh, no thanks. Travis Landry couldn't even fetch that, and he's a pretty good wide receiver in the league. Um, uh, this just isn't the guy you let walk. A player like him doesn't grow on a tree. Um, for all the bad that comes with him, and there is bad. I, I wouldn't do that. Um He's done so much, and this is a guy you keep him and you try to sign him for at least one more year. And you know, if you can't do it, um, I guess uh, what do you say? I guess you say you tried. <laughs> I guess that's the way you say it. So, do you think more years good enough for you, or are you looking for them? Because the Steelers right now cap hit of all 32 NFL teams at running back. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So you're saying? Yeah, think, are you saying one year? You think they can get a multi-year deal done? I think yeah. Well, this is the last year they have. They, they won't be able to sign him next year. So this this really is it if they want to truly sign him. Okay. The, uh, the Danny, why don't you weigh in on on your end of this uh, uh, debate? Well, Hunter brought up a few things that I wanted to point out. The, the number one thing, Devontae Freeman getting $8.25 million, the highest salary, average annual salary of, of any running back in the league. Uh, contracts in the NFL are, are more complicated than baseball or the NHL because there's bonus yeah. money. There's money that you don't get if you get released. There's money that's guaranteed. So it, it, it's a lot more complicated than just, you know, this is what – the average annual salary is for each player, but but that is how they're they're graded and how they they uh, they look at that stuff and 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 I'm going to flip it around on you, Hunter. This is Le'Veon Bell's last chance to accept a deal from the Steelers. You're saying it's the Steelers' last chance to sign him. I think it's Le'Veon Bell's last chance in Pittsburgh because yeah, he he can go on the open market if he wants and he can test free agency. He's not getting 14 million on free agency. He's not. Levy, uh, Devontae Freeman, $8.25 million is his average salary. The Steelers are, have reportedly offered him last year $13.3 million over four years, $42 million in his first three years of the contract. It's not being reported how many years the contract was, but that's how much he was going to get in the first three seasons. His mm-hmm. mom reportedly wanted him to take the deal. His agent <laughs> wanted him to take the deal. I've never heard of a mother and agent telling a player to take a deal and the player refusing the contract. What I never heard about Le'Veon Bell going to agree? 
But boy, you know, if you know, the guy won't even listen to his mother. I mean, that that that's pretty bad. Yeah. I, I, I actually didn't know that. That, that. That's weird. But I knew about his agent. I did know about that. I did not hear that his mother. If that, if that is true, then, ooh, that is, that's weird. Olivia Bell told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN that. I mean, it's not even a report from Jeremy Fowler. Like, Jeremy Fowler said, this is what Le'Veon Bell told me. It's not even sources. Le'Veon Bell yeah. shared this information. I don't know why yeah. he would want people to know that. Um. But to me, he's just being absolutely ridiculous in, in, in this contract negotiation. He's not – go ahead, test free agency, Bell. You're not getting $14 million. Adrian oh, Peterson tried that. I get it. Adrian Peterson was older than Bell and couldn't do as many things as Le'Veon Bell can. Peterson was never the pass catcher that Le'Veon Bell is. But come on, running backs don't get paid $14 million. They don't. And you're not going to get paid that much just because – you want to get paid like Antonio Brown. You want to get paid like Ben Roethlisberger. The Steelers are making you an offer to be the highest paid running back. And they have increased their offer this offseason, according to reports. So they are trying to meet Bell's demands. It's Bell's turn to, to show that he wants to be in Pittsburgh and that winning is important to him. Because right now he's counting as $14.5 million against the cap, and the Steelers at that number are not going to be able to sign many many players to help that defense. They still can't. You look, you look at Le'Veon Bell, though, and I'm looking at his stats right now for the last two seasons. This guy not only runs for over a thousand yards every, you know, for the last two years, but he gets wide receiver-type targets. He's got 94 targets oh, yeah. in 2016, 106 targets in two, 2017, 85 right. of those targets. Um, you could say that that Le'Veon does it is kind of out of the ordinary for what he does uh, as both a running back and receiving back. So I'll ask the same question I did. What number then is he worth? I, I mean, he the Steelers are offering to pay him five million more dollars on average than the highest-paid current running back in the league. I mean, how much more money should he get? Uh, I, can, I, I can't answer that. I don't know. All right, but Hunter, you know, <laughs> you want to keep him. How do you keep him the way things are going right now? I mean... Well, well, Dave's right. You have to have him come down from his demands, and you have to have them both meet in the middle. I think, and this is the last. These last four months are are are, are so huge, are critical because this is the last time to do it. You you both both of them have to meet in the middle. You can't just have one guy standing at top saying, "I want this much. I'm not going to budge," and you can't have the Steelers just say, "Like, well, you can't do it." I, the Steelers have been trying, and which is great, but no, I I do think Le'Veon needs to come down and meet in the middle, and then they'll they'll come to a deal. He he said it on his Instagram video that they're they're very close again, and I, I don't know how much I buy that because he said that like about a month ago. So I I, I have no idea. It it they they just need yeah. to meet in the middle for this to work. I I don't buy anything Le'Veon Bell says right now. I I really right. don't. 
uh, you know, he, he's tweeting about how he wants to be in Pittsburgh for his career. If you wanted to be in Pittsburgh, you'd find this deal. I'm sorry. It's a good deal. By all, everything that I know about it that's being reported, it, it, it's a good deal for him. Uh, unless yeah, there's yeah, like yeah. no guaranteed money in the in the contract, because there there isn't been there hasn't been any reports about how much of the money is guaranteed. So if very little is guaranteed or something like that, then then I can see that being an issue. But as long as a reasonable amount is guaranteed, it, this is a good deal for him. Uh, and yeah. and him not taking it to me does not shows two things. One, winning is not important to him. Getting his money is more important than winning the Super Bowl, which I think the Steelers have too many of those players on their roster. And two, um, that uh, he doesn't really want to be in Pittsburgh. It's not that important to him. Again, money is is a bigger thing for for him than than playing for the Steelers. Well, I mean, the Bears had a kind of situation last season where – it didn't seem like – well, they had Alshon Jeffrey, who apparently really did not want to be in Chicago no matter what, and that's why he ended up getting loose by the Bears. But went to the Philadelphia Eagles and won the Super Bowl. So, you know, not, not quite the same thing. But, you know, is it a case of Devontae uh, – uh, not Devontae Freeman uh, – Le'Veon Bell not wanting to be in Pittsburgh? Do you think that that really is an issue with him? I, I don't know. I, I, Hunter's right. He has said all along he wants to be in Pittsburgh. I, I think I read a story this week that the Steelers were his childhood team, which this is the first time I've heard that. But I guess he's been a Steelers fan for at least part of his life before he was playing. Um, I'm biased, but I think the Steelers are a great organization. So I don't know why you wouldn't want to be in Pittsburgh with the Steelers, but to me, that's what it seems like, that making an absurd amount of money is, is much more important. I, 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 the other thing that, that just drives me just up the wall, the point of the franchise tag or, or the point of the long-term deal coming to a long-term deal, as opposed to having a player play on a franchise tag, is you alleviate some of that cap space for that upcoming season. You get more guaranteed money as a player. You get the insurance that you have a long-term deal, but you're not going to get as much money up front. Le'Veon Bell wants both. Le'Veon Bell, the, the franchise tag is worth $14.5 million. He has said he's not playing for less than $14.5 million. So he wants a long-term deal with uh, insurance that he's going to be paid for multiple years and $14.5 million in 2018. That's not how it works, Bell. That's not how it works. He will get less money than for, than the franchise tag if he signs a, a long-term deal. I've never heard of a player getting the same amount as a franchise tag on a long-term deal. Yeah, I don't think I don't think that'll be. I don't think he'll get that kind of money long-term. I, I'd be kind of surprised if it was fourteen point five. If I had to guess, it'll be somewhere probably below fourteen, but around maybe like thirteen point. Uh, six or something like that. That's my guess. So, right. Hunter, to to put a cap on the conversation, I just want to ask you, So you, you said that anybody who uh, wants to let him walk or sign, sign him and then trade him, they're, they're idiots. Uh, so you're, you're agreeing with me that the number for Bell is too high. So what do the Steelers do if they can't agree? If, if Bell does not come down, it really doesn't sound like he's going to. What do the Steelers do 
at the end of July, if he's on the franchise tag, they didn't come to an agreement by the deadline, and he's sitting out in a training camp. What do they do? You let him play, and then he's gone. That's really all. That's all you, that you have no choice. Okay. You bank that this is the year you win the Super Bowl and that you have the team to do it, and then he goes out on top, and then he can go out and cash out and do whatever the hell he wants. You really have no cho- they really have no choice in the matter because they're not going to franchise tag him next year. So well, you're just, just saying think- keep him no matter what for 2018? Yes, yes, this season, yes, you keep okay. him this season. What's your opinion, Dave? I, I agree with that. Um, it's I can see it going either way, though, because I, I think there, it, this, this draft is a good running back draft. Uh, I think the Steelers have some holes on defense to, that they need to fix. They, they usually don't fix things through free agency, but Ben Roethlisberger, the clock's ticking on his career. I think there's urgency to fix things quickly with free agency. We saw that with the Joe Hayden signing late last summer. So... I, I would not be against them trading Bell, drafting a running back that they were confident in, and then using the leftover money to to fix the defense. I think it's a real uh, – Bell is putting the Steelers in a real sticky situation. He is because well, of the salary cap The problem cap is that I've been looking at the uh, spot rack, which does a great job of giving uh, yeah. salary breakdowns. Great site. Oh, yeah, fantastic. And the problem is with Levian Bell at 14.5, the Steelers actually would have no cap room. Uh, there would be no free agency in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. Um, I, the highest, so the ste- and I'm looking, at, I'm looking at running back cap hit rankings right now, and LaShawn McCoy at 8.9 is the highest at running back as far as the cap hit. And and uh, Bell's going to be making $5 million above that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and as I said, I, you know, he does – he gets wide receiver targets as well as the 1,000 yards rushing. But 14.5, do you think – I've been seeing some speculation online this past week that maybe the Steelers rescind the franchise tag at some point. Do you think that's a possibility? No. I, I don't think there's any way that's going to happen. <laughs> I'd, be very, I'd be very surprised, honestly. I, I, didn't, I actually haven't read that. Where did you read that? I read it out of, in a few areas. It's just uh, some speculation, a couple of uh, Pittsburgh uh, blog sites uh, that have uh, – wow. I've seen them speculate about whether well the Steelers yeah, might well, eventually win that game. Yeah, I'd be I'd honestly be kind of surprised. Um, I, I don't think that they'll do that. I know they're going to open up caps somewhere else. Um, Mike Mitchell, happy trails to him next week. That salary is going to get cut off, and I think that some other veterans they said are going to get cut next week too. So they are going to be opening up some cap room for that, and I think to. Um, either sign a safety or an inside linebacker in free agency, and then get the other guy in the draft. That's my guess. Well, you have Antonio Brown is already restructuring his contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah. He's getting all that One signing bonus as guaranteed money. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he restructured the contract. It doesn't mean he's hurting himself. So, uh, 
So, oh no, no, he's, he's getting all that money up front this year. He's getting he's getting a lot of money apparently. But you know, running backs have become devalued in the in the NFL. Um, mm-hmm. But we were talking last week about Matt Forte and how valuable he was because of his receiving abilities. And Bell is kind of the same way. Uh, I, I just can't see, but I can't see the Steelers, you know, if they can't get a long-term deal done, I don't, I can't see him coming back to the Steelers after 2018. Uh, if he won't agree to what they're offering now, uh, there's no way he comes back you know, after another off season of negotiating. But the problem is he's not going to get anywhere near that deal, no matter how good he is. Um, he's, he's kind of killing his best chance at making, at making his money now, in, in my opinion. I'd be curious to see um, what bad teams or teams that have not made the playoffs in the last couple of years um, that would go after him would offer him. I would honestly be curious to see how much um, other NFL GMs would would offer him because some of these GMs are so stupid that I, I actually think a couple would offer him this kind of money. I'm not even being like I'm not even joking. I actually do think a couple dumb GMs could uh, bad teams could offer him that kind of money. But uh, do I think it will happen? Probably not. I don't. I don't think so. But yeah. I just said it, 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 it's it's out there. It's out there. It could. You never know. I guess you never know. You're right, but that's a lot of money. I I really I don't know, think so. He's going to be, and by next year he'll be 27. He'll be 27, yeah. and that's, that's usually the year that it's kind of made up or arbitrarily. Yeah. That that is the year that running backs start to go down, and, and that that's that he's not getting a bigger deal than. He, I would be surprised if he gets a bigger deal than the Steelers are yeah. offering next year in free agency. I would really be surprised. Mm-hmm. No, he, and, and in and, my and, opinion, he's not going to get it. And if he doesn't take it right. now, he's shooting himself in the foot. Yes, yeah, so. I, I completely agree, Tom. That's why I, I, at the beginning of the conversation, I flipped it on, on Bell. This is Bell's last chance to get this deal, to sign with the Steelers, stay with a winning organization, and make a lot of money and have a chance to win the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I, I and I think you're right, Tom. I, I, I'm glad you brought up his stats. I don't mean to minimize the importance of Bell to the Steelers. He's been uh, probably the most important piece of their offense the last two years. But you know what? He missed 2015. The Steelers still made the playoffs. They made a run. They lost to a the best defense probably the last three years in Denver. They put up a really good game in Denver on the road without Antonio Brown, without Bell, and without number two running back, D'Angelo Williams. So I, if they decide to go the route of, of, of we're going to trade Bell, we're going to rescind the franchise tag and use that money elsewhere, I don't think that's a bad decision. I really don't. I think that uh, if they found another running back in the draft or a veteran like D'Angelo Williams, I think Bell is – is more easily replaced than we realize, just because that's the way running backs are in today's NFL. I don't even think there's any running back free agents out there this year. I haven't seen any good ones, honestly. It would have to be through the draft, but uh, probably like a Sonny Michelle, but like I haven't watched these guys. So 
All right. Well, that wraps up our Le'Veon Bell conversation. If uh, our audience has anything to add, give us a call, 516-387-1417. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, the NFL trade market burying uh, the free agency news that uh, free agency is going to hit next week, but nobody's talking about it right now. So we'll get into that when we get back. Three More Bites, the cookbook series by husband and wife duo Ayo and Bob Lai will keep you entertained and your appetite satisfied. With recipes inspired by their life stories, cooking and enjoying these unique recipes is a perfect way to spend time with friends and family. Whether you are an experienced chef or just learning to cook, their helpful cooking tips and tricks and delicious recipes will have you begging for three more bites. Pick up your copy of Three More Bites Presents Cozy Cooking and Three More Bites Presents Three Weddings and a Honeymoon Today from www.threemorebites.com. And we're back on We Can Sport. This is Tom Pollan hosting, along with Dave Holcomb and Hunter Hodes. Give us a call. We're going to talk about the NFL's trade. Uh, oh, kind of like their, their new willingness, uh, team's new willingness to trade. Uh, a lot of things happening yesterday in free agency. Uh, the, tamp- the, the legal tampering period, I heard somebody call it that, starts Monday. The signing period is Wednesday, 4 o'clock Eastern time. So we're going to see real quick what happens with a lot of rosters this week. Give us a call, 516-387-1417. This show is brought to you by Author Marco Saki. You'll learn the secret of the human mind and the laws of the universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. Learn more at www.marcosaccio.com. All right. Um, things went all crazy up in Cleveland last, last uh, yesterday. Um, are they ready to challenge the Steelers at, atop the uh, uh, AFC North? Uh, Tom, you're too kind. <laughs> So I let you have uh, first weigh in on the last topic, Hunter. So we're going to go with Dave here. Um, uh, Josh, Josh, are you sure? Landry, Tyrod Taylor, and uh, to go along with uh, Josh Gordon. Uh, boy, the Bucks are making a lot of noise uh, with some of the draft picks that they've been stockpiling. I was I was kind of ready for for Hunter's colorful answer. I think maybe you should go first. Oh, okay, Hunter, give us your colorful <laughs> answer first. Well, well, guys, I think the Browns said yesterday they're like, "Wow, what what could we do?" And I think they were like, "Hey, let's watch draft day and imitate the GM that was doing all the trades at the NFL draft." Um, <laughs> so I guess that happened. Um, John Dorsey just watched it, and he probably saw the. Um, he probably saw all the fans that got excited, and you know maybe that he got more Cleveland fans excited. Um, Jarvis Landry, a great—he's uh, a, a good wide receiver. I think he's underrated by some. He's a good complement to Josh Gordon if Josh Gordon, of course, stays off the weed, and um, <laughs> and of course there's Corey Coleman, who I, I don't mind when he's healthy. Damn, Tom really likes my references this morning. It seems. Uh, 
Um, I've always liked Jarvis Landry in Miami. Um, you know, he's had bad quarterback play there too. Um, not high on Ryan Tannehill. I remember when people used to think Ryan Tan- some there were some people out there that thought Ryan Tannehill was actually better at a time than Ben Roethlisberger, and I think I spit my water out. But um, he's not good. Matt Moore was bad. Jay Cutler was also awful. Um, and then they also got Tyrod Taylor, who's a one-year rental. Um, they're going to draft a QB in the top five regardless. Um, it'll probably take a year to learn the system then take over for him the next year. Just a bridge starter. Um, and then, you know, I'm, I'm going to pray to God, my God, I hope they don't get Saquon Barkley because that, that I just don't need that to happen because how many um, Steelers fans who are also Penn State fans and they don't want to root against him, I'm sure. But that, And then they got a, a cornerback yesterday. Um, it was a Demarius Randall from uh, Green Bay. And then they gave up on Deshaun Kaiser, who yep. is a um, a bad backup. Well, Deshaun Kaiser was wow. there, was going to be their quarterback in the future. That lasted all of sixteen games. Um, yeah, not much Cleveland, of a future. Baby. That's but, Cleveland for you, Tom. That's Cleveland for you. Well, yeah, but um, that was I'll before Josh Dorsey got there. I know. Well, you know, it's Cleveland until I see it not be Cleveland. So, um, we'll we'll see what happens. You know, um, I hope they don't get Saquon Barkley. I hope they draft the quarterback at number one, and then maybe Saquon goes to somewhere like the Giants, who have the number two pick, because that that would be the best case scenario. Uh, guess what, Hunter? Saquon Barkley is going to Cleveland. No thanks. Go to New York. Uh, that, that's going to round out that that that. Uh, just steamroller of an offense. Two, two guys who can go deep uh, whenever called upon, and and, and Saquon Barkley uh, just just trashing uh, defensive lines, and Tyrod Taylor uh, running and, and and just airbailing the ball everywhere. Uh, sometimes even to his own receivers. So it, it's going to be interesting, if nothing else, in Cleveland. Uh, he better not go. Saquon better not go there. That, that'll make a lot of Penn State Steelers fans very unhappy. But go ahead, Dave. What, what, what are your thoughts? Well, so so much to say off of that colorful response. First of all, did you actually watch draft day? Yes, I have. <laughs> I've watched it a few times. Like, why? That movie looks why? terrible. Uh, it, 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 it's okay, <laughs> but, like, you know um, – I didn't like. It's not like. I, it's I, not. Good I've never to wanted to sacrifice the two hours of my life it would take to watch it. Exactly. Just yeah. Movie. And I like just Kevin Cosner. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I've watched. I've only watched the whole thing once. I, I every time it comes on, I I tune in for a little bit, then I just turn it off because I remember like how it, it's just not that good of a movie. It, it's it seemed like a really really poor poor man's Moneyball. Like you know, they were trying to recreate oh, Moneyball and. and and no, they're just, trying to, they're just trying. They're, Dave, they're just trying to finally have the year when the Browns will be good again. And you know what? That will probably year won't come until maybe I'm long gone. But I don't know. Well, uh, I think it could come sooner than that because I, I kind of like uh, some of yeah. these moves they made. Um, and, and I agree with I, Tom that this, to me, kind of leads them to drafting the running back at number one. No. Oh, I think that I. I I think all of this leads right into taking Saquon Barkley. I, it, it, no, it, can, it makes yeah. no sense take... if you don't take Barkley at number one. 
It's I agree. Cleveland. They'll take Sam Darnold. They'll take Sam Darnold. <laughs> <laughs> they can get their quarterback at number five. Yeah. Or they'll, t- or they'll they, take someone they, like Josh yeah. Rosen or Baker, Baker Mayfield. And Baker Mayfield says he would like to go to the Browns. Well, he's, got thing he's got another thing coming then. <laughs> doesn't, it, doesn't everyone know that's where quarterbacks go to die? Ah, oh, people. Well, I don't know. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, I, they're I'm, thinking, gonna, I'm sorry. It's just very fun uh, to rally on Cleveland. Bernie Kosar, I don't think, died in Cleveland. Uh, Brian Sykes didn't die in Cleveland. Otto Graham put together a Hall of Fame career in Cleveland. So Who yeah, is that? Who is Otto Graham? Oh God! No, Hunter. No, Hunter. <laughs> I'm talking about these people. Okay. All right. We're just gonna move on. We're gonna move on. Yeah. Can't. Just can't. Just can't. Can't do it, Tom. Okay. So no, this is not as well. No matter how we do it. I think Tom's Tom's point, Hunter, is that you can't just. I mean, it, it is a new GM. It is a new regime. I know it's the Browns, but they have a bad history since they came back as an expansion team. But eventually, yeah. they're going to put something together. I mean, even the Pirates made the playoffs a couple times. I mean, I, I'm, not, I'm not ready to live. I'm not ready to live in a world where Cleveland is actually a good team. Not not ready yet. Not ready. Yet. Well, you better get ready because they, their roster is better than it was yesterday, and that was yeah, kind of going to be my point. Um, I know they went 0 and 16. They can't get any worse. But I'm just looking at their roster from a <laughs> roster standpoint, not record-wise. Uh, they're, they're across the board on offense, they're, they're better. And I and I agree with Tom. I think they're going to draft Barkley. And if Steelers no. fans think the worst thing about them drafting Barkley is they have to root against them, that is they have another thing coming because Barkley's going to be really good and could um, be a real pain in the butt. For, for the Steelers' defense, starting as early as next season. Um, yep. So that that is – root just having to root against him is, is the least of my concerns. Have, worrying about yeah. him transforming the Browns' offense is my concern. We've seen that with Ezekiel Elliott. We've, we saw that with Leonard Fournette. Uh, in one season, those offenses turned around and, and – and those running backs took their teams to the playoffs. Fournette led the Jaguars to the championship game last year after we were making fun of the Jaguars for years and years, how they were a joke. So absolutely Barkley can turn around a, a joke of a franchise like the Browns in one season. I think he can do it. The one thing I will say about Landry, I think the key to him being successful in Cleveland is actually Josh Gordon. I'm, I'm glad you brought him up, Hunter, and, and his – off-the-field issues, I'll say, um, because Landry, to me, I, you said he's underrated. I, I disagree. I think people look at him as a number one receiver, and he really isn't because he doesn't go downfield. He had 112 catches last year, but yet failed to reach 1,000 yards. Tom, have you ever heard of a receiver having 100 catches and not having 1,000 yards? That is unheard of. He averaged 8.8 yards per reception. 8.8 hey, 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 yards hey, per reception? Hey, he didn't necessarily have the quarterback. Who was his quarterback? Get, he didn't I don't care. 8.8 yards field. per reception oh is God. ridiculously low. Ridiculously okay. low. It's Jay Cutler. He's one of the worst quarterbacks I don't care, in the Hunter. league. 
8.8 oh, yards God. per catch. Tom, save me. Save me, Tom. Nope. nope. Oh, not even Tom's on my side. 8.8 <laughs> yards of catch is pretty dismal no matter who's throwing the ball to you. It is bad. Yeah, it is. But it's also, it's Jake Cutler. I, it doesn't matter to me. 8.8 yards per catch is so low. It's not like he had a great average the year before. And, okay, yeah, he had Matt Moore and Ryan Tannehill throwing him passes that season. But still, 12.1 isn't great. Um, if you're averaging 12.1 yards per catch in today's NFL, you got to put up Antonio Brown numbers, 1,800, 1,700 <laughs> yards. Um, and, and he's not doing that. So he's a slot receiver. He's a glorified slot receiver. He's he is. Great in he's a slot space. receiver. You're right. Yeah. yeah. So, so he will be a great complement to the number one, who is Josh Gordon, if Gordon is on the field. If the Browns think Landry is their number one receiver, then, then they're going to have issues. But I like well, Addie Landry give up. for only a third-round pick. For they didn't they give up anything up. for him. They, they didn't give up first-round or number one receiver uh, – uh, they gave up currency garbage. for our uh, Landry. That's true. Yes, garbage. that's true. That's true. And considering all the draft picks that the Browns have uh, kind of uh, collected over the last couple of years, they did pretty good getting, you know, for a third round pick, you get a, a number one slot receiver. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that, I think that's a great use of a draft pick actually. No, I, I agree. I agree with you, Tom. And again, I said at the top that their their roster is, I, I think it's a lot better than it was last week, yesterday, before the yes, trades. So um, I, that's that's my number one takeaway point. But my, my second one is, you know, is is Landry a legit number one wide receiver? My answer is probably not. Um, I think he would be a great, great number two. Absolutely, maybe the number, maybe the best number two receiver in the league if Gordon is on the field for all 16 games. Yeah. Well, the supposed offensive genius, uh, Hugh Jackson, is going to get a chance to show it next season. Uh, <laughs> we'll see how he uses some of these uh, weapons oh, after man. going, oh, man. After, after going oh, man. 1 and 31 over the last two years. Uh, <laughs> let, let's go to a couple other places. Um, Richard oh, Sherman, God. released by the uh, – uh, considered by many to be the top cornerback in the uh, NFL, released by uh, Seattle this past week. Um, And from what I heard, apparently Richard Sherman had dinner uh, with uh, Mike Shanahan in San Francisco last night, and they're going to be talking contract today. Yeah, that's a punch in the face to the uh, Seahawks. I'm sure they're very happy over that. I'm sure my stepdad and my stepbrother are going to go crazy since they are huge 49ers fans. Um, but I just want to say before, Tom, man, you got me uh, crying when you said the uh, offensive genius, Hugh Jackson. Man, he, he really is a genius. The genius of losing <laughs> that. Um, um, <laughs> but, yeah, uh, this is all – this is uh, – yeah, this is going to get Seattle fans right here, right in the heart. Put a dagger right in the heart when they uh, – when they see if he goes to San Francisco, you know, that'll be uh, 
That'll be the day that, you know, watch. Just watch, guys. I'm sure they'll burn. I'm sure people will burn his jerseys. Watch. There'll be a few Seattle Seahawks fans that will burn his jersey if he goes to the 49ers. It will. You just watch. Be a few. There'll be a few. Because there are people that do it for all the time. It's just – I hope they don't know. But go ahead. (laughs) Hunter, can can I say something? I think you're yeah, way yeah. too concerned with with fan bases and what they do and and how they think. I just I I just like seeing the reactions. That's all. I just like seeing it. Okay. Because I I, okay. I read a story this morning that it, the divorce between the Seahawks and and Sherman seemed pretty amicable, like very very understanding on both sides. That Seahawks are trying to save some salary space. I think they're actually. Yeah trying to be smart and, and maybe reallocate that money to, towards their offensive line. I think Seattle's finally figured out that we just can't just get guys off the street to block for Russell Wilson. Yeah. And, and uh, it's affecting our running game because we have no blocking. Uh, it's just killing our offense the last uh, oh, few Russell years Wilson. when you don't have. It's amazing Russell Wilson can even get rid of the ball. Get, yeah, get it is. I'm, surprised, I'm surprised he didn't miss a game last year. I think Russell Wilson led the league in rushing without ever uh, stepping past the line of scrimmage. Uh, yeah. Considering yeah. How, many, how far he had to run just to, just to get release uh, passes. Right, so, right. Uh, so uh, I would think that Seattle's going to use some of this money to, to shore up that offensive line. Uh, Sherman has said that he appreciated getting released before free agency started so he can get a head start mm-hmm. on his uh, – on his negotiations with other teams, they kind of left open the the uh, possibility of him in co- of him coming back for less. I, I don't think that's going to happen, but I would not be surprised no. if Sherman goes play somewhere, competes, and then and then finishes his career in Seattle. I I, I think he might come back. Now I think uh, I actually think that it sounds like Sherman's one visit to is going to be his destination. I expect to see the Forty ers yeah. sign him. Uh, we were going to talk a little bit about the Bears' targets and free agency, especially wide receivers, who they're definitely going to be giving, getting a look at. I think what we'll end up doing is analyzing the moves that they make next Saturday uh, because we're, we're running low on time a bit. And we're going to take another break. When we come back, uh, a once-proud college uh, basketball team hit the skids, and fired their head coach last week. Uh, We're going to talk about that. We're going to spend a little time talking about the Cubs and how things are going for them in Arizona. So after we come back from this break, still have time to take a call, 516-387-1417, and be back on Weekend Sports Huddle in just a moment. Would you like to advertise on WRSP Radio? Your ad can be heard on multiple platforms, from radio to video and even print magazines. WRSP Radio is looking for advertisers now, and our amazing low rates won't last forever. So contact us today at info at wrspradio.com. That is info at wrspradio.com. We are back on Weekend Sports Huddle. That'll be our final break of the show. This show is brought to you by author Marco Saccio, Learn the Secret of the Human Mind and the Laws of the Universe that will guide you toward wealth and health. 
Learn more at www.marcosacchio.com. And remember, you can follow this show on Twitter at WKD Sports Huddle. And give us a look on Facebook. Uh, search for Weekend Sports Huddle. Give us a like. Join the conversation. And as far as the conversation now, uh, for 13 seasons, Jamie Dixon had Pitt positioned as a power uh, first in the Big East, then in the ACC. And his mm-hmm. uh, Kevin Stallings, his replacement, has just been fired after two just ridiculously dismal seasons. Boy, that, uh, <laughs> you know, the Panthers went down into the toilet bowl the last couple of years. Uh, 0-18 in conference play in uh, last season. So just a complete mess. What went wrong, Hunter? Um, what went wrong? Um, one uh, one thing. Uh, Jamie Dixon. Uh, he, he left. Th- that's that's what went wrong. Um, I mean, not even but Virginia apparently, Tech. Apparently, he reluctantly left. It wasn't uh, yeah. like he he wanted to go, but it was more that from what I saw, that Pitt really didn't make an effort to keep him around, which was ultimately their downfall. Um, not even my school, Virginia Tech. We had an awful basketball program for years before um, Buzz Williams came in and actually brought us to two straight tournaments. We weren't even 0-18 bad in any conference play. It was more, I mean, we actually won at least maybe three to four ACC games, but it, it, now, we're, now, now you just got to get a new coach who can actually recruit and you can get good players. And it just it takes a while, though. I remember this program when it was so good. This team used to be the number one seed in the NCAA tournament, number one team in the country. Um, they went to an Elite Eight one year against Villanova. Um, that game really made me mad because I actually really was a huge fan of Pitt, and then Scotty Reynos happened. I will always forever hate that man um, because he busted Reynolds. my bracket. <laughs> yeah, Scotty Reynolds, yeah. I always forever hate that man because he busted my bracket. Um, they had <laughs> – you know, Jamie Dixon, Dewan Blair, um, Levance Fields. It was that, that those teams were outstanding, and it just needs to be back on its feet soon. They need to get a coach that knows how to recruit in the ACC because you know it's not the Big East anymore. Um, but they just need to get new players. They need to have that place at, at the peak sold, sold out again because I remember that place. It was one of the hardest places to play. Now you can't even sell, put five people in there. That's how pathetic it got. It's just, it's unfortunate. I'm sure Scotty Reynolds is, is, Scotty Reynolds is very upset that uh, he, he, he hurt your bracket, he Hunter. I know, yeah, Man. I'm sure he is. He, he, too, bad, too bad he didn't, too bad uh-huh. he didn't win that year. Good riddance, Scotty Reynolds. No, you, you, you dislike Scotty Reynolds because he is up he there in bracket. Pittsburgh sports history with Larry Brown and David Volick and uh, I think it was Francisco Cabrera. Bracket, no, no, I, I'm sorry. Hunter, Hunter, we're mo- we've moved on from your bracket. We've, we're, we've put oh. that aside. Okay. And we're, 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 thinking, we're thinking big picture here. Scotty okay. Reynolds is up there in Pittsburgh history, Pittsburgh sports history, with Larry Brown, David okay. Volick, and I believe it was Francisco Cabrera. You know who those okay. three guys are? Uh, I've heard of Larry Brown, not the other two. Oh, you don't even know David Volick? 
No, I actually haven't heard that name. David Volick scored the game-winning goal of Game 7 between the Penguins and Islanders in 1993. Oh, he oh ended God, yeah. the Penguins. Yeah, now I know what you're talking about. Don't mention it. Don't mention it. I can't, I can't hear Islanders in Game 7 without getting a heart attack. You weren't even alive in, in 1993. I know, but when I, see that, when I see that on TV, it makes me sad because they should never have blown that lead. Yeah, wow. that's true. And and uh, Francisco Cabrera, real real quick, I, I, I know we're, I, we're short on time. By the way, I know what you mean, Hunter, because in 1971, the Blackhawks were up uh, 2 nothing against huh? the Canadians, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals, and uh, and gave up two goals. Uh, Maurice, uh, or Henri Pocket Rocket Richard uh, scored two goals, just killed it. And, boy, I know oh, how man. that feels when, when these things happen in the third period to, to end your uh, championship dreams. Yeah, I, I was alive for that. I didn't watch it on television. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. I got you, Tom. <laughs> Go um, ahead, Dave. Talk to us about Kevin Stallings and how bad he is. Sure, sure. Um I think you. I think you uh, peek at some of my notes on on the rundown too, Hunter. You know, because I was going to make the point that uh, no, but well, I think everyone. Be... Knows, I, I, no, no, no. I think everyone knows how bad <laughs> Kevin Stallings really is. I no, just no. want to hear how bad you think he is. Oh, I mean, he he's he's very bad. Um, but my yeah. point uh, was going to be about the recruiting and and that at, at Pitt. Um, you you can't recruit in New York City and, and Philadelphia anymore. Because you don't really yeah. play those teams. You don't play teams from those cities anymore. You don't play St. John's. You don't play Villanova. You don't play Georgetown. Uh, it's it's different being in the ACC versus the Big East. Um, and I don't think Kevin Stallings really ever figured that out. I mean, he's, he was only there two years, so it's kind of hard to judge him on uh, his recruiting classes because they're mm-hmm. just coming in now. But um, the, the Pitt has a new athletic director the, the guy that hired Kevin Stallings, Scott Barnes, left for Oregon State. So the new athletic director wanted to go in another direction. And I, I think she kind of had no choice because going 0-18, not winning a conference game is just, mm. is just brutal. But yeah. they, Pitt, I think Pitt has to focus on recruiting in the South. And, and, and uh, when we think, think about the old Big East, a lot of the schools are struggling. Georgetown isn't the same. Uh, Connecticut mm-hmm. this morning, guys. They fired Kevin Ali, so they're going to be oh, searching for a coach. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Louisville is in shambles I... for different reasons, but they are down and out right now. Syracuse is on the bubble. Doing... I don't think they're going to get in tomorrow in the tournament, so they're, they're kind of on a downswing uh, in their program. So it, these old Big East teams haven't figured out yet how to recruit in their new conferences and, and Pitt has done the worst job of all of them. You got to recruit yep. Carolinas. You got to recruit Virginia, Atlanta. Uh, you could go into Atlanta and steal recruits from, from Georgia tech. Cause Georgia tech isn't a powerhouse. So if I was Pitt, yeah. the first place I would plant re- my recruiting uh, people is, is Atlanta recruit uh, in that metropolitan city instead of New York or, or Philly. You have to, because of who you play in your conference. Yeah, um, yeah. Virginia will be very tough because you know you have, well, of course, UVA who is um, the big dog, and then right after that, Virginia Tech who is getting a lot of good recruits now too. That they actually have 
a good coach to replace. So I think Virginia would be very tough for Pitt to get recruits. I, I agree. They, they need to look farther south. Well, you, there's only five starters on a team in basketball. You, you, you're not going to win a recruit away from Virginia, not this off season, not next year, but you get no way. a three-star kid. You get a three-star kid that's going to go to VCU or a three-star yeah. kid that's going to go to Richmond, mm-hmm. and you tell them, hey, yeah. Virginia didn't want you. Virginia Tech didn't want you. We want you. Play in the ACC. You get to play against those schools that didn't want you. You get to prove to them that uh, you belong in the ACC. We're going we're mm-hmm. gonna to turn this program around. That's how you turn it around. Recruit those mm-hmm. second-tier kids in North Carolina and Virginia to start. I think you can out-recruit yeah. Georgia Tech in Atlanta, but then recruit the secondary kids in, in Virginia and North Carolina. That's how you build this program back up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think you're right, Dave, and definitely I think it, it, it's it's learning how to recruit when you get into a new conference, and, and the Kevin Stallings have a good figure it out with the, uh, who they hire in as their new coach and, and how they do uh, heading into next season. Uh, only have a couple more minutes in the show. Did want to get more into the Cubs, but um, – not disappointed. We did. Uh, we covered a lot of ground today. Uh, the one thing I wanted to say about the Cubs, and it's been interesting, the news coming out of Mesa, Arizona, uh, because it seems like the Cubs are finally admitting that, you know, maybe there was a World Series hangover after all, because right now, 2018, everything coming out of there has been all business. Uh, and I've been kind of a guy who, we really doesn't didn't believe in the World Series hangover, but you looked at what the Cubs did early in the season last year. Uh, the players had become celebrities all over Chicago and, and throughout Major League Baseball. So it, it doesn't surprise me that, that maybe they did struggle as much as they did last year. Uh, it, it's good to hear them acknowledge it because I think they, they – they hurt themselves by not acknowledging that that could be an issue last year. I mean, they named a street after Javier Baez. So there absolutely was a hangover for, for the team and for the – and look, they, they accomplished something that was great. They should have milked the celebration for all it was worth. Um, uh, they, they did a great and job of that. But, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. they, they absolutely did, and they should have. They, 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 they did the right thing there. But um, I, it's, it's time to turn the page. It's next season – and, uh, you know, I, I think it'll prove to be great for them to be more business-like uh, this year. Well, it's really surprising. Kyle Schwarber came into camp 20 pounds lighter. Uh, wow. And, and you look pick, at, between pictures of him last season and this season, and, and it's amazing how he looks um, in the batter's box uh, compared to when he started out 2017. So, you know, that tells you kind of gives you an idea of the business that they're in. Uh, it, it's amazing because usually you don't see this. The team's rotation is pretty much set up. Uh, they're, they're already lined up to go into the season with Lester, Hendricks, Darvish, Quintana, and Chatwood as their, as their fifth, five starters. And, mm-hmm. boy, if even fourth and fifth, Quintana and Chatwood as your fourth and fifth starters, a lot of teams would kill to have that kind of uh, – quality on the back end. Um, 
Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, but I just wanted to bring up the Cubs have 19 players on their 40 man roster hitting over 300 so far this uh, spring. 15 of them have an OPS of over 400. So, you know, definitely taking a different approach at the plate, more serious approach at the plate. The problem, again, is Jason Hayward. Uh, they're working out with new hitting coach, Chili Davis. Hayward's only three for 18 so far this spring. And could end up in a platoon situation if, if he doesn't break out of this uh, with Albert Almora and Ian Happ. But speaking of Ian Happ, uh, this might be the guy who ends up at the top of the lineup uh, next year, uh, switch hitter, and is really uh, set the you know Cactus League on fire so far. He's nine for twenty-one with a five hundred on-base percentage, four home runs, two left-handed, two right-handed, and two of those have been lead-off home runs. So you know, a, a chance that maybe the Cubs have found a leadoff hitter and didn't have to go outside of the organization for it. Well, there you go. That's yeah. perfect. Well, the thing is, that, leadoff was so terrible for them last year, and a lot of people uh, will will downplay the uh, importance of a leadoff man. I don't. I think a leadoff man is incredibly important uh, at the top of the order. Uh, getting that extra bat per game. So, um, Madden has not committed to Hap as his leadoff man going into the season, but look at Hap uh, as a possibility because right now uh, he does look like uh, he's taken to the to the role and does enjoy the role. So, we can talk about that a little bit more in the next couple of weeks. Uh, we're out of time, unfortunately. Had a great show, really enjoyed it. Dave Holcomb and Hunter Hodes, this is Tom Pollan. And join us next Saturday morning on Weekend Sports Huddle, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. And remember to set your clocks ahead tonight because yeah. we're heading into daylight savings time. Everybody have a great week. We will talk to you next Saturday morning. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.